Hello, everybody, to all of my great listeners, and to you, the listener listening right now, my best, most loyal listener, because everyone listening is a loyal listener. So, if this is your first time listening, you can go back to listen to our first episode, Dusty Gray Rainbow. It's about dust, what color it is, and yeah, all of that stuff. Anyways, I just wanted to tell you one quick thing. Today is Juneteenth. Does anyone here not know what Juneteenth is? Okay, I'm hearing some people saying they don't know what it is, and that's completely fine. A lot of people don't know what Juneteenth is. But just know that it's an important day in black history. Do you know why? Because June 19th is the day where slavery got abolished. And does anyone need a definition? Oh, okay. So abolished means it's basically banned. You're not allowed to do it anymore. So since Juneteenth is such an important day, today we are going to talk about one great woman who helped do that. And can you guess who that is? That woman is Harriet Tubman. Now, Harriet Tubman was a spy and during the Civil War. And she was very important because she helped many, many slaves escape. She helped them escape to a free place known as the North. Now, Harriet Tubman got her inspiration from her father, who would always talk about the North Star, tell her, that star, that star is always the first star to show up. And when you see it, you know where to go. North is that way. South is that way. East is that way, and West is that way. You see, that's how you recognize everywhere you can go. So Harriet came and took that advice. She went ahead and freed so many slaves, including her own family. She went all the way to the North and even went along with the Underground Railroad. Now I'm going to read to you a book. It's a great book um, by Brad Meltzer, and it's called I Am Harriet Tubman. Now let's get to reading. Okay, let's go back in time. Harriet Tubman, well, let's just say is not alive anymore. So, If we're going to read and talk to Harriet Tubman, well, we're going to need to go back in time. Okie doke. Let's go right now. Here we are. In about 1860. Let's see here. Um, hello, excuse me. Who are you? I, I need the date. Oh, hello. My name is Harriet Tubman, and I live here in the United States. 
I am a slave, though, so I can't really help you with that. Go ask my own. He might be nice, too. After all, you are white. White? What does that mean? Okay. Um, let's go back, all the way back near the 1830s to read this book and talk to Harriet Tubman. But, Harriet, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, yes, of course. Um, I am Harriet Tubman. Do you know what the North Star is? It's one of the brightest stars in the sky. Unlike other stars, which may seem to move, the North Star always stays where it is. When you find it, it'll show you which way is north. Today, people know my name as Harriet Tubman, but when I was born, I was called Araminta or Minty. I was the fifth of nine children, born in Maryland around 1822. When's your birthday? I don't know. How can you not know your own birthday? Because I was enslaved. Back when I was growing up in certain parts of the country, if you were black, you were most likely enslaved. We didn't have a choice. Being enslaved meant we were forced to work without pay. We were treated terribly. I cut my hand. I don't care. Keep working. Can I have water? No, keep going. We lived in tiny shacks with no windows. We slept on the floor or in boxes filled with straw. As kids, we had to wear sacks, and certainly didn't celebrate our birthdays or keep records of when we were born. Oh, Harriet, that's terrible. Worst of all, being enslaved meant we were property, no different from a horse or a piece of furniture. That meant my family, my mom and dad included, was owned by someone else. They could sell us, and they did. Oh my god, that's, that's horrible. Slaves were supposed to do whatever our owners told, told us to. The next time they came, though, my mother was ready. Someone wanted to buy my younger brother. He, she had asked other slaves to help her hide my brother in the woods for nearly a month. But eventually they found him. We're here for your boy. You can't have him. What'd you say? You heard me. The first man that comes into my house, I'll hit him square in the head. It was a powerful moment. My brother standing up to those men. Was it dangerous? Definitely. But it was right. After that, they didn't sell my brother. As early as I can remember, I loved listening to my mother tell stories. She taught me some of life's most important lessons. Being enslaved, it was against the law for us to read in or write, but she told me stories from the Bible, including the tale of Moses. He was the leader of the Israelites. He led them out of slavery to freedom. Freedom from slavery, huh? I like this story. When I was around six years old, it was my turn to start working. I lived with my family, but my owners hired me out to another farm. 
See that water? We set traps for muskrats in there. Get in and see if we caught any. But the water, it's freezing. You talking back to me? Get in that water or else. What would happen if we didn't do what they said? I don't know what happened. Our owners would whip us or worse. You stopped working. Now you're in real trouble. I know it's scary, but hearing my story, I hope you'll find strange strength. You know you had. That's what happened when I was around seven years old. I was working in my owner's house when I went to grab a lump of, a lump of sugar from a nearby bowl. I never tasted sugar before. It looks so good. But this is what happened. How dare you touch my sugar? She reached for something to hit me with. I ran as fast as I could. When I got to someone else's farm, I hid in their pig pen. That's how scared I was. For five days, I stayed there, hiding in the mud, fighting the pigs for potato peelings and scraps of food. Eventually, I was starving and came back. When I did, they beat me. But now people started to realize I wasn't afraid to protect myself. By the time I was 12, I was working outdoors every day where the hardest work was done. I harvested and lifted heavy barrels of flour. I got so strong and was chopping so much wood, even the men could barely keep up. Working in the fields gave me more than physical strength. It gave me time to learn from other enslaved people. It took time to consider new ideas. Hey, hey, Harriet. What? I'm telling a story right now. Can you give me a second? No, this is important. Did you hear? Three slaves escaped from the broadest plantation. They escaped? They went up north, out of Maryland, where slavery is illegal. Up there, everyone's free, just like we should be. During that time, I spent many nights looking at the sky. My father was the one who taught me about the North Star. It always points north. That's where black people are free, right? In the north? Exactly. Follow the North Star and you always know you're headed in the right direction. Since slavery was terrible, you may be wondering why we didn't all run away. It was nearly impossible. One night, while doing errands at a nearby store, I saw an enslaved man who has left his farm without permission. Grab him! He belongs to me! I could have stopped that man from running, but I refused to. Enraged, a supervisor from the farm picked up a heavy weight aiming for the slave. It hit me instead. Hot. I got knocked out. It was an injury that forever changed my life. Since I didn't die, I decided God had a plan for me, and it was guiding and protecting me. After my injury, I started having vivid dreams. 
I'd be flying like a bird over fields and towns, over rivers and mountains. In the air, I'd reach a great fence, and on the other side would be a big, beautiful field. But each time, no matter how hard I tried, I could never get over that line. When I was around 22, I got married and got rid of my childhood name. Now, I was Harriet Tubman. The way you don't know me. Soon after, I found out I was about to be sold. Someone else couldn't take me from my family and hurt me. I knew there was only one choice. I had to escape. My brothers and I planned to escape, but they got scared and turned back. So I went all by myself. I traveled by night, following the North Star, just like my father had taught me. This is the way. It would always lead me right. I stayed in the houses of people who wanted to help us find freedom. There are slave hunters all over. So they would make us wear men's clothes so no one would recognize me. I was now traveling on what was called the Underground Railroad. It wasn't real railroad. It didn't have tracks or train cars. And it didn't go underground. It was people who didn't like slavery, secretly helping people escaping from slavery. But it did have special stations, safe hiding places run by black and white helpers we called conductors. It even had its own signals. On the Underground Railroad, we were safe. I kept going and eventually made it to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and slavery was illegal there. I was free now, no longer enslaved, but I had to continue saving others. In a daring escape, we snuck my niece and her family to the closest city, Baltimore, Maryland, then out of the state to Philadelphia. They were the first people I rescued, but they certainly weren't the last. On my next trip back to Maryland, I helped free my youngest brother, whose name was Moses, as well as two other men. On the Underground Railroad, we used hiding places like attics, potato cellars, and barns. Some folks even built secret tunnels and hidden rooms, like this fake closet. I also continued wearing disguises. With each trip, our underground railroad helped more slaves escape. Soon they started calling me the Moses of my people. It took a lot of help from other members of the underground railroad, like John Brown, another great leader who fought so that black people could be free. Same thing with Thomas Garrett, William Still, and Lucretia Mark. Mocked. To stay out of sight, I traveled by night, sticking to the back roads. I also made many tr of my trips in the winter, when people wouldn't be outside their homes. Occasionally, it was so hard to walk over the mountain passes, even the bigger and supposedly stronger men would want to stop.
but I kept on going, leading the way to freedom. On another trip to buy some live chickens, I spotted one of my old masters, someone I used to work for when I was enslaved. As he came near me, I pulled a string around the chicken's legs and made them flap and scream. He was so distracted by the noise, he never realized that he was this close to catching me. Over 11 years, I went back to Maryland 13 times, personally freeing around 70 people. To keep them safe, I led many of them to Canada, which is where I brought five of my siblings, my niece, and even my own parents. The more I fought against slavery, the more I realized that the only way to win was to end slavery itself. That chance came as the Civil War began. As a master of, as a master spy for the North, I led groups of scouts into South Carolina to scope out what the other side was doing. Shh, this way. See us coming. Follow me. And I just kept on saying it. Follow me. Follow me. Eventually, the North won the Civil War and slavery ended. But that didn't mean my battles were over. I became a community activist, then traveled around the country talking about injustice. After the war, I was so poor I had to burn pieces of my fence for firewood. But as always, I kept battling, helping those who needed it. When I was nearly 90 years old, my dream of helping others grew even bigger as I established a new home in Auburn, New York, for poor, old, and sick African Americans. In my life, I couldn't make my own choices, told I, was n I would never escape, but I did. I fought for my independence. The measure of success isn't what you achieve for yourself, it's what you do for others. Think of yourself as a bird. Some days you climb high, some days you'll fall. But when you pass the clouds and reach the top, you have a choice. You can stay up there and enjoy the view, or you can go back down and bring others to join you. In every life, we face hard decisions. All those times, at those times, we can make the safe choice or the right choice. Be, to answer those questions, the ones I'm going to say next, you must follow your heart, your own North Star. Would you put yourself at risk to help someone else? Would you stand up to someone mighty in order to help someone who is weak? It will always point you in the right direction. I am Harriet Tubman. Follow me. I will lead the way to freedom. Wow, Harriet, I didn't know you did all of this. Uh-huh. Yep. Wait. Why are you asking me all of these questions? And how are you asking me the date? Why? Oh, I just need the date for, um, hmm, what's that thing you're holding? It looks like something that, are you a spy? No, I'm not a spy. Harriet, I just need, oh no, 
Is the Civil War starting back up again? No. Harriet, please listen to me. This is something from the future. It's called a podcast. And this thing I'm holding is called a phone. Oh. Okay. Um, yeah, I've heard of the phone before. Um. I think, um. You might be a little bit early. Um. Aren't you supposed to be, like, in another year? Oh, I'm supposed to be in 2023, but I just came back here to be able to talk to you, and you're now talking to a real slave. Oh, okay. That's great. (laughs) I guess that is pretty cool. Well, go back to your time, and we might talk again later. Bye! Thank you, Harriet. You've been a great help. And also, well, thank you for your work. You really inspired a whole bunch of people, like kids around the world, helping. And a bunch of adults, too. You've made the world such a great place. Thank you so much. Also, you provided another episode to my podcast. Yeah, I still don't get what that is, but okay. Anyways, well, Harriet, thank you for your help. Goodbye. Bye. I can't wait to talk to another one of your um podcast thingies. Oh, I think you'll probably be on another one. Goodbye, Harriet. Well, goodbye. I never caught your name. What was it? Oh, my name is Numi. Also, um, (laughs) Harriet, while you were talking, I asked someone what the date was. And it was, um, a man. I don't know what his name is, but he told me that it's... 1867? Yep. 1867. Magnificent, yeah, is it not? Well, goodbye, Harriet. I will miss you so much. Goodbye. Say goodbye to the podcasters, and podcasters say goodbye to Harriet. Bye, um, podcast people. Goodbye. I can't believe it. This is like the 50th time I'm saying this to you. But I can't believe I got to meet you. By the way, how did I do that just by pressing the rewounding sound effect? The what? Ugh, never mind. Bye. Again. Quick note. Today is not Juneteenth, I admit. I just recorded this episode on June 19th. So, please pardon me for this, for that small mistake at the beginning of the episode. It is a rookie mistake of me. <laughs>